Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. On our Driving Leadership episodes, you'll witness conversations with leaders from all walks of life and learn about what drives them to lead. You'll hear about their leadership development, current challenges that face them and their organizations, and stories about leadership. I'm Bill Berthel, and my desire to demystify leadership and have real conversations with leaders is what drives me. Joining me today is Aubrey Haight. Aubrey, welcome. Good morning, Bill. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited about our conversation this morning. Thank you for joining me. Aubrey, uh, you're the Director of Employee Experience at Equitable. Uh, you, you carry some amazing certifications. Uh, you're a PMP, Project Management Professional. You're a Certified Scrum Master. Can't wait to hear a little bit more about that maybe. <laughs> certified Change Practitioner. You're also certified in uh, Advanced Scuba Diving. That's amazing. <laughs> That's really, how long have you been doing that? That since college, man, almost 20 years now. That's so cool. And a body combat instructor, what, what is that? So think of it like kickboxing. It is punching and kicking to some loud, amazing music. You can get your aggressions out, your stress out, and it's, it's a wonderful group fitness class. That is so cool. So fitness is a real passion of yours you've shared with me in the past. So Syracuse University, bachelor's degree in information management technology. Your master's degree is in business management. You were recently one of Central New York Business Journal's 40 Under 40 Award. What is that for our listeners that might not be aware of that? Sure, 40 Under 40, what an honor. So um, they every year the CMY Business Journal gets nominations in from folks around the community for leaders in our community that are 40 years old or under who inspire change, who are big in the community around improvements and work within politics or community engagement. And um, I was lucky enough to be nominated and selected in 2020. Congratulations. That is so great. You're a golfer. You enjoy snowmobiling. I think I knew that about you, that you're a snowmobiler. I think you shared with me, you can practically get to the Canadian border from your home. <laughs> is that? <laughs> so we've awesome. tried. Believe me, we've tried. That is so awesome. And it, it sounds like you bleed orange. You root for SU uh, every time you get a chance to. That is really awesome. So uh, you live in Lafayette with your husband and your two dogs, English bulldog and a French bulldog. Yes. That, is so, like, that yeah. is so great. Thank you for saying yes to today with me. I'm so excited about this conversation. Every time I get to talk with you, Aubrey, I'm energized and I just, I just leave our conversations always feeling better. So I know our listeners are going to get that today. Thank you. Tell me what inspires you to lead? What's your big why? Thank you, Bill. I think it's what you just said, like walking away from a conversation with me feeling good is what I want to impose on everybody. I'm motivated by motivating others. People call me a mobilizer. Really, I find purpose throughout my whole life in helping people get to the next level, elevating their game. It's about connecting people to make meaningful connections, whether personally or professionally, always just to move forward, whatever that means to you moving forward. So I've always been that way. It's just in my nature to just be an inspiring leader to folks. And, you know, certainly coming out of college, I wasn't in any capacity a leader. I didn't even know what I wanted to do with my life. And I just sort of found my way by working, collaborating with people, learning more about people and advocating for them very early on in my career. And even again, more recently, I had some great advice from mentors, run your own race. So throughout my life, it's always been compare yourself to the media, compare yourself to these celebrities, compare yourself to the other folks in your schooling. 
and I learned early on that that's not something that should drive any sort of motivation. Don't, as competitive as I am, I run my own race and I advocate for other people. I have your back. I have my friends' backs. And uh, that's what motivates me. That's, that's why I want to be a leader. I love that. Run your own race. Uh, you've, <laughs> my mom was an attorney and she always said, you know, even if you win the rat race, you're still a rat. I love your saying, when you're, when, run your own race. I, I, lo- mm-hmm. I love that. Talk to me more about what it means to be a mobilizer. I mean, I, I have a sense of what that is, and I think leaders are mobilizers. What does that mean for you? For me, it's, if we're talking about a collective goal, let's get the right people in the room to talk about what do we have to do to work together to achieve this goal. Listening to everybody around the table, allowing everybody to weigh in, that's important to me. It's I don't try to pick and choose who I want to get feedback from. I think everyone's perspectives are important. And that kind of sounded a little cliche as, I, as it just came out, but it's really true. I really want to know what everybody wants and how we can get together to get that collective goal. So that's, I see that as mobilizer. I'm the person that strikes up the conversation with the right people, gets the feedback aligned, and uh, we march together towards the end line. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thanks for expanding on that with me. So you mentioned you didn't necessarily set out to be a leader. I always love to hear the stories of leaders and their path. And it sounds like yours unfolded along the way. Can you take us on that path, what your leadership journey was and continues to be? Sure. Yeah. So my whole life, I've been that overachiever, no siblings, uh, you know, like a one child household. So that meant I had to have perfect attendance throughout all of my school. I was the valedictorian of my high school class. I graduated cum laude at SU. I was the best in the best of everything. I played all these sports, prom queen, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it was just like growing up, I was like, I am the best and I always want to be the best. But then as I got into the working world and realized reality, you know, instead of me always wanting to be the best, I prefer to help other people be their best selves. I wanted to learn more about people, which taught me more about myself. Let me learn about what you like to do, what, what inspires you so that we can work together to either a common goal or to get you to that next level. So I was encouraged to join more committees and more group projects rather than being more of an individual contributor. And as a result, I learned a lot and I became more of a kind of a backseat leader is kind of how I like to say it too. I don't, I don't love the limelight. Being here today gives me a little anxiety, to be honest with you, but I'm, I'm thrilled. But it's just, I'd rather, I'd rather see other people shine as long as I'm helping out in the background. And I've had some really great, really, really great mentors and managers in my life. Most recently, the most wonderful person to ever have worked for. She recently retired, so it's um, good for her, bittersweet for me. She was so very respected, admired, worked with the company for 30, over 30 years. Learned so much from her about what I want to be like. She taught me, even 15, 16 years into my career, I saw her as, this is who I want to be when... I grow up and learning from her. I also learned things that what type of leader I don't want to be and, and some pitfalls as well along the way. What was key to making that transition? You talk about that transformation of self-performance as a leader to helping, coaching, mentoring, leading others to their top performance. What was instrumental for you? It was starting working at Equitable, which was called AXA when I first started back in 2005, very, very big on group projects. You don't do anything alone at this company. Mm -hmm. That was different from my experience growing up kind of a loner. And it opened my eyes to 
maybe a diversity of thought, which is not something that I had really experienced before. Honestly, that sounds a little bit sheltered, but it's, it's true. And then being able to hear what other people think, which maybe would shift my mind on doing something the way that I've always done it, maybe doing it a little differently this time. So it was really my early years at AXA that helped me grow into this more group mindset and collaboration with colleagues and peers. Nice. And you lead in all different aspects of your life, Aubrey. Talk to me a little about your leadership in being a fitness instructor. I think you've done that at the YMCA. Yes, I am obsessed with this body combat class and fitness in general. I became an instructor after a couple of years of just being a member at the YMCA and taking this, uh, it's called body combat, but it's similar to like a kickboxing class. One of the instructors said after class one day, you know, you're pretty good at this. You should consider becoming an instructor. And of course, me having that innate nature of being the best, I was like, of course, I should become an instructor. I was like, sign me up. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, I was in this two-day training and walked out of there exhausted, sore, and certified. And it was like, okay, well, now what do I do? I don't want to stand up in front of 30 people in a gym class and yell at them and tell them, you know, to punch and kick. That's weird. I'm not cool with that. What if I say something wrong or... Mm you know, if I fumble my words and, you know, the folks at the YMCA that I work at the Southwest Y at OCC are the most welcoming, <laughs> kind people. And they cheered me on from day one. That's great. Back, Aubrey, no matter what you say or what you do, we're here for you. And, you know, seven years later, we're this community of people that meet every week and, and they call it their therapy, which it's my therapy too. It's, Fitness to me is an outlet. It's a way to kind of step away from the world and make sure that you're keeping your mind right, yourself, you know, it's like self-preservation. So um, the fact that my members and my, my people think that it's therapy to them too is, is really a big deal for me. And that to me makes me feel like I'm leading them and motivating them through their journeys. So I have to ask you, because I'm such a physical wimp, do you get hurt doing it? <laughs> you don't. It is, there's no uh, resistance. It's just punching and kicking air. So I've have done kickboxing classes where we do have like a bag or a like a speed bag. This is not that type of class. I mean, I guess you could get hurt, Bill, if you're extremely uncoordinated and you're jump kicking or something, but no, it's, we have folks from college age right through. I have a woman who's turning 70 this year and she kicks butt every single week. That's fabulous. That's so a good workout, maybe get a little sore, but you're not getting, you're not getting beaten up in your class. Right, right. That's awful. Thanks for sharing that story. So tell me about some current challenges in your field, in your leadership. What are you facing today? The biggest thing I can think of is how we've had to change and deal with life through COVID, through the pandemic. And this can apply both to my career at Equitable as well as in the fitness industry. Um, We, on the flip of a dime in March last year, shut all of our offices down across the country. And we had to react and and being the director of employee experience, we had to react and go, wait, what are my employees thinking? What is, how do I make sure that they are safe, that they feel that we are as a company still leading them in the right direction, that we care about them. Absolutely. It was a very difficult transition to ensuring the connectedness and engagement was still there. However, We've received wonderful, we, we listen to our employees throughout the year through various surveys or focus groups, interviews, et cetera. And we've heard throughout 2020 that the engagement and support and communications are actually the highest mm. worst that they've ever been because I think we put such a hyper-focus on our employees. 
you know, we're still extremely productive as a company. We've proved that we can still achieve and surpass our goals working from home, all working remotely. So it's critical that our team members know that, first of all, thank you. How are you adjusting? Many of you are parents who have maybe have young children at home or your kids have come home from college and six of you are using the internet bandwidth. You know, how, how do we support you in that way? And as a result of our care and our listening, we've been able to implement various benefit programs extend our sick time. We have certified contract tracers on site to help with any sort of situation that might need assistance related to COVID. And on the other hand, we have a group of folks who are essential. These people keep the lights on every day and it's a small group, but it's folks who do have to go in eight to five into the office five days a week. And we got to make sure that they feel safe in the office that if there is an issue, it's addressed and it's addressed quickly. So it's, that's been very challenging. It was a big shift. And I'm sure that's the same in any industry, but uh, for us, it was a big one. No, but I love the way you just illustrated that having this large common challenge, almost, I don't know if the term is, is accurate, but it's like having a common enemy unites us. Having mm-hmm. this thing out there, this huge challenge of COVID, you've seen engagement go up. You've seen a hyper-focus on connectivity in your organization. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Tell me a little bit about your role in that. What have you done to take care of yourself, to make sure that you're leading, you, you're, you're a mobilizer, mm-hmm. you're helping others perform. What are you doing during these challenging times so you can perform to help others perform? Totally. Yeah. I, I learn, have learned a lot about the pandemic, about COVID, about the virus itself, the vaccine now. It's about education, I think. So I can be more uh, clear and understanding and provide clarity to my employees when they have questions or when they ask, well, do I need to get the vaccine? And do I have to come back to the office? If are we requiring the vaccine? It's being ahead of the game. It's the proactiveness. Mm -hmm. The education is important, but then it's also stepping away. Uh, I'm sure we've all felt maybe, I don't know, May, June timeframe of last year, where we were like, okay, the world's, it's going to open up again. Here we go. And then, you know, things continued to shut down. And we just had this fatigue of, are we ever going to get through this? And it's not just about learning about COVID, but stepping away and listening and thinking about things besides COVID and besides what's happening in the world. Last year was very difficult with the election, just politics in general, with the racial injustice. For me, it's, Yes, I need to learn and educate myself on what's happening and why it's happening. Absolutely. Take a break. Um, And that to me is my dogs going snowmobiling with my husband. It's whatever that mindfulness means to me. Um, I've been trying to meditate. The Headspace app is like my best friend throughout all of this. So it's, and of course, fitness. It's whatever that outlet is for you, I think, to help other people. Yeah, those restorative practices become really important, really important. No, thank you for that. We ask for advice from leaders that visit us on driving leadership. Our listeners, our viewers, tune in for all different reasons. One, to hear what really motivates you, but they also want some practical advice. What's worked for you? What would you tell our listeners from an advice perspective as a leader? What would you give them? I have so many things. The first thing that comes to mind is be kind, be kind and be grateful. I was told early on in my career and throughout that you're too nice. 
you have this reputation of being too nice. And my response to that has been great. Thank you. That's good for me because it certainly hasn't stopped me from achieving my goals. It's, it's only helped. It's helped with my connections, being nice to people. You never know what maybe someone is going through or maybe that they could need some help. I've had numerous situations where I've just, I happened to uh, network with somebody who may not have been in my network or a friend introduced me to a friend and years later, here we are working on a project together or something. You never know what's going to come of it. So always be kind and be grateful of those relationships and the people that you, uh, you deal with on a day-to-day basis. I have a, just a quick story. Please. Years ago, one of my mentors introduced me. She's the head of underwriting at Equitable and she introduced me to her chief medical director. And I was like, cool. I didn't even know we had doctors at Equitable. That's on site. That is so cool. And we had this great discussion and he took me around. This was when we could be in person. Uh, He took me around in our Charlotte office to the various underwriters who were doing their looking at cases and trying to decide, you know, how to underwrite different insurance cases. And it was an awesome hour. And I thanked Dr. Wetzel and I said, hope to see you again and moving on. Right. And I thought to myself afterward, well, that was cool. That was a great way to get some exposure. And I learned a little bit more about our business. Hadn't spoken to him two, two and a half years later, COVID hits. And now Dr. Wetzel and I our best buddies handling all of the cases that are coming in. We are the front line to our employees for COVID last year. So it, it, that's just kind of an example of how you never know what, what's going to come of the connections that you make. And I'm so grateful for him. He taught me a lot and I'm hopeful that I helped him along the way as well. Oh, that's fabulous. Thanks for sharing that. So in a nutshell, what motivates you to lead? What are your major driving forces? The corny cliche, what gets you up every morning? to go out there and and do your best? Mm -hmm. People that I work with, the people that work for Equitable, talk about corny. I think that sounded pretty corny, but I am passionate. I'm passionate about our people. With Equitable for over 15 years, I've seen people come, I've seen people go. I've been, I have friendships that started on day one that I still have today. And I want everybody to love working as much as I love working, whether you like what you're doing every single day, but at least because the people are happy and grateful and working together, collaborative, engaged. That's what helps me get through the day every day. And I am forever wanting to sponsor or mentor others. Somebody reaches out to me for advice. I seriously, I will drop anything that I'm doing and we'll get on the phone and we will, we'll talk through it. I'm a good listener. I don't always know the answer, but at least I can listen to you and share some experiences that I've had really it's about lifting people up and, you know, giving people kudos. If somebody does a great job, especially if it's like a really challenging assignment or challenging goal to reach, I'm the first person to shout from, seriously, shout from the rooftops and tell everybody that, you know, this person rocked it because that's what motivates me. If somebody did that for me, I would be like, this is great. And that's what I'd like to do for other people. Well, Aubrey, I can't imagine anyone working with you not being happy and engaged. I know I am every time I get a conversation with you. Thank Thank you you so much for your time and energy today. Uh, I got so much from it. I know our listeners will. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Listen for more episodes of Driving Leadership right here on the Get Emergent podcast, where we'll continue the conversations with new leaders every month. And come back for more leadership content with Cindy Massengill and Ralph Simone 
where they discuss real leadership challenges in practical and relatable formats. Thank you.